0: week's guest is Anastasia Artamonova, who joins us from Milan, Italy. Anastasia, also known as Nastia, is an incredibly creative entrepreneur and public speaker who is the founder and creative director of the platform Nice and Nasty, a bar without a bar and an edutainment platform that connects mind, body, and spirits. Anastasia's main focus is that of human connections, the power of vulnerability deeper conversations with others and yourself, growth and self-care, and overall happiness and well-being. Nastia is providing a terrific service to the industry, and definitely check out her online platforms. You can find Nastya online at Nastia La Vista and at Nice and Nasty Bar, and you can find the links in the show notes as always. Enjoy the show.
1: Okay, we are back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm Kip, this is Dan. How's it going?
0: Going fairly really well, actually. Uh, probably because we're recording this on a weekend as opposed to Monday nights. So they don't have to deal with the uh, fun times of, right. <laughs> of <laughs> Monday job time. You, you
1: haven't been beaten into uh, yeah, the the submission? Final. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, not like
0: usual. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like showing up in front of a firing squad every Monday morning, I think, sometimes. It's good times.
1: True. And I haven't had to check out the deposit numbers for all the bars all weekend yet so (laughs) everything's good
0: yeah everything's going for you this weekend got too much
1: uh not too much no yeah probably this time of year there's not much going on at the bars in
0: canada so yeah it's pretty been pretty cold this past week nice high of minus 15 minus 16 celsius the last couple of days (laughs) so it's exciting yes good way to stay in
1: yeah nice so nothing nothing too exciting on my end um so, we should just get uh, quickly to our guest. who uh, okay. will be joining us in a minute. Before we get to her, we should mention that uh, subscribing or following us on uh, your so, uh, wherever you listen to our podcast helps a great deal. And you, if you want to rate us and post a review, if you got time for that, even better, as long as they're good. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the Industry Podcast, it's info at theindustrypodcast.club by email, or you can DM us at the Industry Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Also on Instagram, follow at Sugar Run Bar at Babylon Sisters Bar to check to see what my bars are up to if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. Uh, Come check us out. Always something good going on at Sugar Run Downtown Kitchener or Babylon Sisters in Uptown Waterloo. Finally, we should mention that the artwork uh, on our Instagram page gets done by Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co, Z-A-K-H-A-N-N-A-H, H-A-N-N-A-H. Double N-A-H dot C-O.
0: And there's links to that in the show notes as there will be to everything else we talk about.
1: Yeah. So check out all that good stuff. I think that's all we got to say, right? Wonderful. Okay. Joining us now from Milan, where it's much nicer than where we are, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) Anastasia Artanova. Artamanova. Pardon me. I already messed up. I knew I was going to start messing up your name immediately, but uh, it's (laughs) Anastasia Artemanova. How are you?
2: (laughs) I'm good. Thank you, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> About the name, I'm, I'm used to it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for doing this.
2: Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: Okay, so let's just we'll just dive right into it. So, you, how long have you been in Milan?
2: Well, it's eleven years already. Oh, oh okay. I've been in health, actually. And
1: what what problem You grew up in Russia, correct?
2: Yeah, I I was born and raised in Russia, and mm. when I was eleven, no. Uh, how old I was, 18, 18, around 18 or something, I moved to Milano uh, for a what, study. And what,
1: pro- what prompted that? The study? Oh, okay. And what were you studying?
2: I've done uh, Design della Comunicazione, so it's ah. basically communication design uh, at Politecnico di Milano.
1: Right. And uh, so then at some point you you obviously graduated with that uh Um, those certifications then how did you start getting into the service industry
2: well that's funny because i never was a cocktail girl or one who enjoys drinking a lot or going to the bars i'm i was like really into art and visuals and branding and like i dedicated my life to communication like many years of my life to communication and i was like like usually prefer staying at home. Now you see me, well, our listeners doesn't see me, but don't <laughs> see me. me drinking tea and staying in tonight, even if it's weekend. So I basically, I prefer my own time, but it happened the same way it happened with Italy. When I got this illumination, this calling inside me, I gotta go, I gotta move to, to Italy had the same illumination about bar in the street was like book a cocktail, cocktail class. Like, find something. A course around bartending or whatever. And I was like, okay, but I'm not even drinking. Like, what's the point? But I followed my intuition and happened to do a bartending course through some uh, bartending school here in Milano. Um, And yeah, I ended up Right in the middle of the industry, at the sweetest moment, well, at least in my history in Milano, and in bar industry in Milano, and it was a sweet spot for the Milanese bar industry. It was 2018, six years ago. And from that moment, that day, I remember till now, and um, from that day, my, my life basically changed.
1: Right. So, do you, were you ever physically working in a bar, or restaurant, though, or um, did you go sort of go right into what you're doing now?
2: Well, I started in the industry as as a guest, and then right after, I understood okay, if I want to stay here because I love the industry, I quickly found myself as a photographer for cocktail bars and ah. bar shows and bar events, bar guests. Uh, I was every every time there was a guest shift in town, uh, even if I am not working there. I'm with my camera and uh, everyone is having pictures the next day after the gas. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, oh, well, I forgot the comment question.
1: <laughs> oh, like were you did you ever like physically work in a bar or, or f- restaurant or you were just doing the photography?
2: Uh, I actually pretty quickly had a g- had the decision or kind of dream of opening something myself, so I decided to dive in for two weeks oh. uh, as a bar back in one of the coolest places in Milano, and uh, I did two weeks of back to back with bartenders just to see how the freezers are working, how how do, what have what what's what's the point like when I will be buying things for my bar? What what should I do as a newbie? Hmm. I was like. Very, very new for the industry. Like it was one year and, uh,
0: how, how did you? How did you like that? To those that experience then, because that's obviously a big change when you're on your feet and having to work like a uh, hustle all around the bar a lot.
2: Well, uh, from the first night, I understood it's not for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So, but uh, well, it was all of this was the journey of self-exploration actually
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. because
2: from having a vision a dream of, of having a bar of me being the bar owner and stuff like that it's like with time i understood more things about myself than before it was like the dream become realization of knowing myself actually at what i want and what i'm up to and being on the floor and doing like 20 kilometers right inside the venue, it's <laughs> not my thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really for anybody. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> we just got to learn.
2: <laughs> well, that's a yes, surprising yeah. thing about the industry that so yeah. many people are up to it. Mm. Till, till after years and years, we're still doing it. And we, not we, them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, for my So what is the, well, it's good that you actually at least uh, dove into trying it out to try and learn some of the stuff. Because so many people, I feel like they just hang out in bars and then they're like, oh, I like hanging out in bars. I could probably open my own bar or restaurant and you're clueless as to how it actually works, right? So at least you took the effort to realize that you needed, at least even if it was only a couple of weeks, you needed a little bit of behind the scenes training and like how things operate
2: absolutely even if you are into the industry not only as a guest but like a like professional you can see the actual work and you can see until you work there you don't understand how the things are really are even if you're doing opening and closing with the team you're right. not doing it either. but i believe as a professional as a buyer or business owner you you have to know everything your team is doing
0: mm-hmm.
2: at least percent or having the the general view of the situation, you've got to understand all the processes inside your bar.
1: Right.
2: Otherwise it's tricky. I
1: agree. How would you describe the bar scene in Milan in general? I would imagine it's pretty, uh, classy (laughs) because like, at least if you don't live in Milan, the outsider's perspective of Milan is a very like sort of high fashion, high uh, elegant, elegant. Yeah. uh,
2: well, <laughs> well, Milano is absolutely gorgeous and elegant and, yes, yeah, it's the capital of fashion and uh, many fashion houses, uh, there are many places like this, many venues and bars like this. For example, Camparino in front of Duomo is a classical historical, historical example of this, of good surfaces as well and classy elegant style of drinking but Milano is so much more we have absolutely like everything you want you can find in Milano except some things (laughs) Mm. well but every if you can picture an idea of a bar every style you can find a tiki bar here you can find a dive bar or mm, a pub uh, or like night clubbing with a techno, like the scene is re- really, really, like diverse. spectrum.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah. hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, so let's talk about Nice and Nasty, what the concept is. And exactly, like you describe it as a bar without a bar. So explain what that means to our listeners.
2: Well, Nice and Nasty was born as a dream of opening a bar, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so It's already been romantic from the beginning (laughs) and me as a, um, marketing. So I started right away before the opening and before doing an actual business plan or having an actual location for the bar, um, I started promoting it. So, um, with the guest shifts, we, we did a big promo opening party without opening anything. It was inside one of the bars in Milano. Um, it was huge. Like the 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 wave of the launch in the brand was so big that I I wasn't expecting that much. And I like this the, this idea of traveling and talking about the the idea, the brand, uh, nice and nasty, me, Italy, Milano, everything, everything around, and. When I was on one of my trips for Night Dynasty, um I started from I started telling it that it's bar without a bar, and people were like, "Oh wow, it's amazing! What is this?" The reaction was really extreme, and I was like, "Okay, this seems to to work." And actually, I'm really enjoying traveling. This, this was one of the things I understood about myself that maybe having an actual physical location. It's not exactly what I want to be doing, being like doing the operations, like working with the suppliers, like sales, Google sheets and stuff like that. Maybe I prefer communicating. Maybe I prefer traveling. Maybe I love talking with strangers and foreigners and learning from other cultures. Um, so it pretty quickly, uh, Turned into being a proper pop-up project, and ah. that's uh, the name. Bar without a bar is it, hit, it had everything: the menu, bartenders, the, the guys that that was were traveling with me at that time. Uh, then I switched and I started traveling alone, and um, it had everything except the location. And I've been joking like we you can't find us, but we, we come and find you every
1: day. So it's, it's a super interesting concept and like pop up bars have become more and more prevalent across the world over the last few years. So the timing is certainly right for it, but let's talk a little bit about the logistics of it. Cause I'm sort of curious, like you said, you're traveling around and you're having to bring your staff with you. So now like just, just as a business owner myself, I'm very, always interested in like the sort of. The inner workings of it and like the logistics of how it operates. Like, you're paying for their travel, obviously, to as well, Um, like putting them up in hotels, you're um, the people who work with you or work for you and taking them to another city or like how, how, like, what's your radius? How far away are you traveling? Sorry, that was a lot of questions, but you can take them as (laughs) however you want.
2: Well, actually, um, it's fun to respond to it because it was a really short amount of time I did it um, because I will be talking hopefully uh, more about it further but uh, nice Nasty, Nasty transformed once again from from a bar without, from just a bar without a bar um, but when we started it was right before the pandemic, it was like mm. six or seven months right before the, the first lockdown in Milano and uh, it was like it's seven seven months of intense traveling. I traveled with one bartender for several months and then it's, we, we did more collaborations with occasional bartenders uh, in, at place. And, and because it was the beginning, it was basically our investment of our time, resources and everything. Obviously, with the boom like this, brands started approaching us as well, and we started traveling to uh, bar shows, for example, with some activity in collaboration with with brands. Mm, But then the pandemic boom (laughs) hit us, um, and it was a good moment for me to take a step back and reflect on the brand and what I actually want to do with my own life
1: and as nasty as a continuation of that. So, uh, okay, so I have a couple more questions about that. When you're talking about the original launch uh, for the first party you had, like, and it turned out to be such a massive success. What was your strategy for promoting this uh, bar without a bar? Like you had no location yet, you're just uh, or and realize maybe you're never going to have a location. How do you promote this event and make it so successful? What was your strategy?
2: Uh. Well, the technical strategy was doing guest shifts around the world, contacting friends, and uh, finding a way ways to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the responding to your previous question, the the first one uh, I did was in Mexico City. Oh wow! Actually, collaboration with another pro- project again, but uh, I did mostly outside of Italy. than in Italy, in Italy, I maybe did only three. Guests or something like that and um the rest was bar shows or one of the first was kazakhstan as well it was turned out to be good as well uh and um yeah the strategy was like the more people know about us the more people know and can recognize me and the bar that is pretty linked even now talking with you, you see me wearing red and red was obviously, and still is the, one of the biggest brand pillars for nice and nasty. So it's, it's very quick. It's psychologically immediate. If you, well, not only, it's not only for me, it's like the red is Campari, red is Coca-Cola, red is, uh, you know, Christmas. Mm-hmm. But if you use it strategically in right in the right amount, with another brand elements and mostly emotions that goes around the brand, it's pretty easy to be recognized again or like being linked to. When people, I remember messages, people sending me pictures of uh, tomatoes and or some something else red. Oh, thinking about you, I was like uh-huh. oh, it's tomatoes.
0: <laughs> but yeah. it, was
2: it, it meant um, the brand is working.
1: Oh uh, yeah.
2: Uh, so, yeah, the idea was the name, me, myself, and the color. Like The more people know it, the more countries we can reach, the better. Initially, the whole concept uh, was for the, loc- the future dream location. Uh, was coffee and cocktails, and we've been doing uh, not only guest shifts, but master classes around specialty coffee. Um, mostly here in Italy I tried to educate uh, <laughs> the Italian traditional culture of drinking Italian coffee I tried to to change it and to change it a little a little bit more minds about good quality coffee mm-hmm. and uh, well after almost 5 years now after we started I I got to say the situation is finally changed and I believe mm-hmm. there is uh, some amount of my effort <laughs> at the beginning of this change was made as well.
1: Oh wow, that's crazy. Um so you mentioned a couple times with um collaborating with different brands and collaborating with different partnerships when you were in Mexico City or whatever how how much of a factor would you say that collaborating with other entities, whether it's a brand or another um, group that's trying to do something similar to you, how, how big a factor was that in the success of Nice and Nasty? How important was collaboration?
2: I think collaboration is everything because even now doing this podcast, we are collaborating for yep. 40, 60 minutes. We we are doing a in human interaction right and, brand collaborations for me it's the same. It's uh it's finding the sweet spot uh, a win-win situation for both realities. Me myself, I have a brand and my business, uh the brand this it's the same. Like we have a mission, they have a mission, and if we want if our missions uh could go in the same direction or could cross in some point, I I prefer to find this spot mm-hmm. and from that Uh, not just seeing collaboration as a resource or just a tool to promote yourself or and use someone else's money and or other resources available. Um, While it's obviously working it's how the the things and money and business is made but I believe it's a little old school uh, way of doing things i believe and in 2024 we can do things more mindfully and more uh, well i believe the best collaborations are born from from thoughtful collaboration when mm-hmm. you not, not 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 using each other but trying to create something in the symbiosis of two realities
1: yeah and i i actually think it's actually become more important for all of us post pandemic, because the business, the service business, uh, the hospitality business in general is still struggling so much post pandemic. People haven't come back in the same way that they we thought they might or hope they would as previous to the pandemic. So it's almost more important for us now to be working together to lift, uh, lift all the boats up, uh, as opposed to just worrying about your own business.
2: Exactly. I believe the best cities and the best communities, I don't I'm talking about local communities. Um, Are those communities who support each other
1: and Mm -hmm.
2: create something together or at least sharing resources, not only physical resources, but emotional or whatever resources come to mind. Mm, And well... um, Probably nobody from Milano will be listening to us. Uh, so I, I will I will I will say it
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: the, Well, because Italians or well, no, no judgment, will I just will I will just say it. Um, because I believe many bartenders from Milano understand it as well. It's like kind of an issue uh, of the industry, maybe not only locally here in Milano but also in Italy in general, it's pretty competitive over um, being a community. Mm -hmm. Competition goes over collaboration. Mm -hmm. There are some realities here in Italy um, that create like a synergy or like a little group of different bars, their friends, and they are supporting each other. But um, even confronting it with other cities and other bar communities and speaking with um, international colleagues, uh, they usually say they, they, they find it the same from Milano, um, that it's different from other countries or uh, other cities in, in, the, in Europe, at least, uh, that it, f- it feels less, uh, supportive at less, um, mm.
0: more competition, more competition versus
2: uh... yeah everyone is thinking mostly in the first place of their own business yeah. and some some places some businesses are afraid of other realities stealing their ideas or their ma- brand monies or, or their guests or their guest shifters like star bartenders who travels they don't want to share the
1: piece of the cake so ironically it's probably easier for you to do the pop-up where when you were doing that where you were more focused on that doing the pop-ups in other countries than it was in italy oh
2: yeah i believe it was the
1: issue (laughs) Uh, well at least it got you on the road
2: (laughs) i can't complain
1: <laughs> so, what's the like? How would you describe what Nice and Nasty does now, um as opposed to when you were doing the pop-ups? And what's the future hold?
2: Well, Nice and Nasty is a reflection of me, I believe. Well, it's natural. The business is usually it's like it's like your child. It's something you 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 born from yourself and you are raising You invest in that and, uh, you something that you create. So it's basically part of you. It was your idea that's born inside your head and then you brought it to life. Well, the metaphor is here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a continuation. And for the last three, four years, uh, almost at the beginning, of pandemic it started for me like a, a moment of deep self-reflection and uh, let's call it transformation transformation is a big word but basically the change i come to many realization during these years and uh, to process all this information and new knowledge about myself and my life you can call it existential crisis <laughs> because it was and i got into hermit mode i was like in solitude deep inside my psyche and my souls and my like my inner world was way richer than the outside world like the outer world i explored that before with nice and nasty We traveled so much we did so much i did so much it was so rich you can use it for ten, ten 10 lives not only for one so pretty much, I was overstimulated and almost burned out. I believe I was, and um, so it was like the the opposite. Before it was nasty, and then it became nice or wise person. So I explored another part, and for the project for the same reason it had sucked because Nazi itself had an existential crisis. It was like, what am I? what is it, what, what's bar without a bar, who am I in this world? Um, actually, the, the claim we, we were promoting Nice and Nasty the, Like the beginning of, of the project, even before the opening party, um, I had a jacket with the with with question. It was, who the fuck is nasty? And right. then it became, who the fuck is nice and nasty? And it's funny. Because I created it, obviously, from from the desire to intrigue people, to discover who is nice and nasty, what's, what's about this project. But it turned out to be an existential cri- crisis question. Because who am I? Who am I is nasty? Who is nice and nasty? And for a long time now, uh, me, myself, and my baby, nice and nasty, had this Absolutely unanswered questions and the journey of exploration: who we are, who am I, who nice and nasty is. And it's fun because the the result of this internal journey for both of our uh, us, for me, and for nice and nasty is the answer. I know who I am now, and I know what nice and nasty is. But for now, it's mostly up to me like it's mostly me myself i know it but now it's the moment to show it to the world so at the moment we are doing this podcast and at the moment people are will be tuning in and it's right that sweet moment before the new chapter it's like the you are behind the curtains and you're about to go on the stage
1: Mm. so So many things and what do well, you think, but do you have an idea of what that next stage is or is it something you can reveal to us now or are are you still working it out?
2: It's absolutely clear for me so okay. I can share it. Sure. And thanks to the, to this self exploration journey I made, I did in the last three years. I came to many realizations um, that, well, the, the, one of the biggest of the battle I missed was the mission, like the proper mission of the thing. It's Mm -hmm. okay, it's beautiful to do uh, pop-ups, it's beautiful to travel and knowing new people, to share your experience, to listen to the experiences of others, it's beautiful. But what's the point of the party? Partying Mm -hmm. just for party, it's not my thing, and celebration is beautiful, but you gotta have a reason to celebrate or at least and un- well so many celebrations are made without a big reason But your life can be only celebrations and we work with the in the industry of um entertainment and the industry of party and the industry of dopamine and endorphins and all these good hormones but we are the workers in the industry like it's not uh party every day like it's it's hard work it's a night shifts um less sleep than other people the routine is absent like like it's actually diff- difficult to create a healthy lifestyle for you and the healthy it's not even the right world word for the for that in my opinion mm-hmm. so I quickly realized that I want to help people and I still love this industry. Even I questioned that as well for myself, if I'm still the part or I want to be the part of this industry. And I found that, yes, I want to be here and probably help people that want to be helped because you can not save anyone without their desire to be not saved, but Without the desire of of improve, of mm. improvement of lives, um, so yeah, nice and nasty is becoming a, let's call it wellness platform, but it's not the right word, right, to describe it. Because has was always a sassy project. It's a little bit provocative, attractive, a little bit of sexiness or a little bit of fun, a little bit like intrigue. It's not something beige. It's not about retreats in the mountains. It's not about doing yoga at 5 a.m. It's not about chanting mantras, but it's it's not even only about parties. So it's a kind of a, my own way of uh, exploring the world and your inner world, world as well, as well. So it's basically a fruit of my imagination. That from 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 some days, like the next days or the next weeks, we will see uh, the new um, new steps of uh, a new image of Nazanasti uh, as, as well. Uh, because I believe it's not really easy to be a human it's not really easy to be a human in the bar industry and this human side we always say we are the people industry but there are not so many people or businesses or organizations or teams that are actually caring and um, cheering for the human side of the industry we Often talk about business, about money, about success, about the victories, about all things fifty best or all things tails. But it's all beautiful, but it's only one one slice of the cake. Your life is way way more. And if you as a human um, are not fulfilled, not happy. Um, haven't slept much in years, What what is the quality of your own life and the life around the people around you? Like we all influence each other and I believe uh, your energy and your energy level very quickly, quickly translates to other, you can influence like only with your mood or your anxiety you can easily ruin or cheer someone else's. Day um, and taking care of it, I think this is essential for the bar industry because, like, it's all based. It's not. It's not an artificial intelligence industry. We work with people. We are people. Everything is based on the human being, and I really want it to be well-being, not a, an opposite of that.
1: Like that that's really well put. Like I don't know if anyone's actually put it that well in this show before because you're right. We do it, we're known as the people industry, but how much time do we actually spend making sure that the people are doing okay in the industry?
2: <laughs> exactly. There there are obviously ways um to improve that. Now, there are many organizations uh, who do this kind of work. Uh, And it's really important. There are many professionals that are worrying about the same topics. But um, usually I I see the issues with many of these projects being too serious and too, well, the mental health and health and everything in between. is a serious topic and uh, absolutely should be taken seriously. But the life itself, it's not only limited to the mental health or health itself. The life is nice and nasty. There are We are still drinking. We can't just go into dry January and stop drinking for months or say the, that alcohol is poison and we, to be healthy, we got to stop drinking altogether. But, well, we are still doing shots. We're still doing gas shifts. We are still, we'll be working with that. Maybe in 20 years it will change. And we all start drinking uh, no alcohol oh, drinks. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Like the yeah. world is changing. But maybe. Well, I, there are many brands that that are doing different kind of stimulators inside of inside of uh, the bottle um, that are not alcoholic.
1: Don't worry, Dan, your liver is going to give out before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, be, you'll be long gone.
0: Yeah, good, good point. Good point.
1: Well, I think that what you're doing is super important. Uh, and I also would like our listeners to know where they can follow everything you're doing over there at Nice and Nasty. So give us all your social media particulars.
2: Well, yeah, on Instagram, you can find me, myself, in this Nasty La Vista. A little uh, joke, almost <laughs> husband's baby, and uh, obviously the project, nice and nasty. Um, you can find it find it as a nice and nasty bar boss on Facebook, on Instagram, maybe in the future on the TikTok as well.
1: Who knows? Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was honestly a pleasure. We appreciate you. And yeah, good luck in the future of Nice and Nasty and everything you're doing. It's important work.
2: Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you.